Hi, I'm Mercedes. I'm an entrepreneur and director at Inc. And I'm Vera, a clinical psychologist and chief people officer at Abstracta. And this is The Everything Else, a podcast about soft skills for a meaningful life. This episode is sponsored by Abstracta. That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> so what's Abstracta? Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Check out their website at abstracta.us. And welcome to the Everything Else podcast and the last of our series of special episodes until season two arrives. Today, we are talking about parenting. Hello, we promised this episode after the one on why holidays are so hard. But as we started talking about the issues of parenting, we got caught up in the parenting roles and gender roles, to be more specific. So as we explained last episode, we started talking about parenting, working parents, and how they balance work life with kids and their free time. And they don't. <laughs> we face hard truths, exactly. <laughs> the gap between men and women came up time and again. And so we needed to address that first, and we did. Last episode, we really delved into it, didn't we, Mary? Yeah. Yes, we did. And so today, we're ready to get to talk about parenting. So, Vera, what can our listeners expect from this episode? So in this episode, we'll focus on why parenting feels so damn hard at times and what we can do as parents to feel more connected with our kids, but also with ourselves and hopefully with others. And, you know, by putting how important this is on the table, we hope we draw the attention to how important it is to be supportive of working parents during these challenging times and what can be done. All right, good, sounds good. I hope this conversation triggers more honest, heartfelt conversations first with yourselves and then with others, yeah. right? So yeah. this special episode, we're talking about parents, but... Yeah. We hope to talk to parents, to all parents, okay. and particularly to parents who work and are trying to do their best in all circumstances. But you're feeling pretty bad right now, <laughs> like you're failing. <laughs> so we want to talk to the parents, but don't leave just yet if you're not there, because this is also relevant if you're not a parent. That's right. If you're not a parent, you know one right? Uh, a sibling, a friend, a co-worker, someone that you lead or someone who leads you. So you yeah. can take this episode as an exercise in empathy. And also as we speak, you'll realize that many of the questions that parents ask themselves while going through the challenges of raising their children in the best possible way, the things that they need to figure out, everything sounds a lot like what teachers, coaches, and leaders in teams or companies or organizations go through, right? This is something yeah. that we realize talking about this. Yeah, because these soft, so-called soft skills that I've are heard about so those. <laughs> that are so necessary for leadership, for example, we call them life skills. And this is a big part of life, right? Now, yep. so we we might look messy parents, we might seem chaotic at times. We sometimes 
might seem a bit uncool. What? This is horrible stereotyping of uncool parents. Messy and chaotic, I can live with, but uncool, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, sometimes. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. But what I'm trying to say is that we can bring valuable perspectives to the table. And this is largely why we felt like doing this episode, because trying to balance two relevant roles in is just hard and yeah. whether your kids are on holidays and you're not or because of this fucking pandemic and kids oh can't go God, to school swearing. yes this <laughs> topic really fires me up or just because you really need uh you need time we've been there too yeah we are there i mean this hardest stuff this hardest stuff <laughs> This stuff is hard. It's so hard. I can't even say it because um, I was thinking while you were saying this, right? Like if you guys could see us, we are on Zoom because of this fucking pandemic. As you said, it's six o'clock in the morning. I am in my car. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I am I locked myself in my car so that I could record this without any children or, uh, you know, to, to have just a little bit more privacy. So there was no screaming in the back. And it's six o'clock in the morning, which is the mm -hmm. only time we could find that, you know, that we could do this. So, you know, if, if yeah, we are there, basically. <laughs> so we hope many, so we hope many, many of the things that we've been reflecting upon are really seem useful to you guys. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it this, this stuff is hard, as we, we were saying, and I know shit about parenting, right? I think well, none of us really do. Like we can have tips and ideas and you can read up on stuff. But at the end of the day, this is hell of a responsibility that nobody really prepares you for, right? You're always kind of winging it, aren't you? <laughs> yes, we are winging it. And let's be completely honest, sometimes it doesn't feel like we are even winging it. <laughs> totally. And when you, when you raise a child, all of your theories sort of go down the drain, right? Like having kids triggers very, very intense emotions, right? We often hear about the feeling of love as you've never felt it. And this is true. This is true. Yes. Yeah. But. We, <laughs> but along with the love, there are other feelings that also arise that are not being discussed so much. And we would like to highlight them because they are just as intense and all of these happens while you're caring deeply for your kids. Yeah, I I feel that throughout this episode, we'll just make just one big disclaimer at the beginning. We love our kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think every parent has to clarify that at some point. But along with the love, right, taking care of your children many times brings up feelings of inadequacy, insecurity, anger, frustration, I don't know, suffocation and fear, right? Fear, fear, lots of fear. Well, Our because <laughs> this, this also happens in other relationships when we love and care much for another. Mm. And with and kids, this yeah. becomes well, yeah. bigger. Yeah, because parenting brings about the very best of you and the very worst of you, I feel, right? And and it can be scary. I'm sure you guys on the other side know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, so, so. <laughs> and this is why we're devoting special episode to parenting, because it is hard. And combining parenting and work 
is even harder. But lately, I've seen so many parenting experts pop up. I've even seen online courses on parenting, seminars, books, blogs, podcasts, special episodes. <laughs> is, is parenting harder now than it was before, do you think? Um, I think it is. People from other generations, I know, may argue that it has always been hard. But honestly, I feel like expectations are so much higher now. There's so much information available on eventual threats and how closer these are, largely yeah. because of technology. And many recommendations coming from a range of people, from neuroscientists to grandmas. <laughs> and we are made to believe that there is one truth that fits all cultures because everything right now is so global. So yeah, yeah, there's pressure, right? I mean, think about it. What do you have to do to be a good parent today? Well, for starters, you should breastfeed until you're two and co-sleep. They should play with recycled wooden toys, staying away from plastic. You should raise emotionally stable and aware children who are good at hard and soft skills, who don't spend a lot of time in front of screens. You should play with them. You should free them of gender expectations. You should feed them a healthy, balanced diet, preferably organic. You should make sure that there's lots of outdoors time and exercise and you should help them to socialize, but you should also make sure that they do their homework and get good grades, but without pushing them too hard, of course, right? And you should listen and reassure them of their feelings, but you should also set clear boundaries and limits, but you can't cross the limit because that's abusive. It's... <laughs> should, should, should. And they should be happy, successful, strong, kids and adults. Oh, wait, and they have to look good on Instagram, too, so you can up your views, right? So yep. <laughs> there's a lot of pressure on us. So what was it like being a parent, let's say, in the 50s? I mean, what were the expectations that you had as a parent back then? Well, being a good parent basically involved keeping them alive, getting them to school, do their homework, bathe them and feed them. Sometimes, right? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> this is my point exactly, right? I'm going back to basics, baby. I'm just I'm doing it 50 style. <laughs> I understand what you mean, but this is important to clarify, though, that the concept of childhood is quite new and how we see childhood is not the same across the world and it's not the same across different times in, in, in history. So yeah. we, this affects how we conceive parenting and what you were reading before it's clearly something that has a lot to do with this moment where we're living when we're living right yeah and what happens is that the bar the bar of have raising happy kids is just too high for parents mm. all these guidelines that you were mentioning and recommendations they are meant to be that guidelines recommendations but i don't know how but they end up feeling a lot like items on a checklist and it is a very long checklist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the literature changes from one author to another, from one year to another. And I don't know, I want to acknowledge this because um, since I'm not a parenting expert, I know that I have found myself exhausted and overwhelmed at times by the massive responsibility and the pressure, right? That burden that you spoke about, um, 
disclaimer, I, I love my children. <laughs> but uh, I, I read something by uh, Dr. Alison Escalante, right? And she calls this the should storm, right? And she says that we are immersed in a culture of unsolicited criticism and advice and sort of perfectionist parenting and that it's ruining us as parents. And, you know, when I read it, I resonated big time with this. Don't you? Definitely. And the craziest thing is that what overwhelms us many times are not the kids themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This unsolicited criticism. Criticism. Yeah, yeah. This feeling of being judged constantly, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in previous episodes, we've mentioned this mechanism, how all these preconceived ideas, all these, what it should be like, these yeah. ideas that are that, they play a major role. And although they come from a good place, they are interpreted as if you go around adding all of these and you just yeah. can't. So this distorted image of what in this case parenting should be like yeah. is driving us crazy, basically. This should yeah. storm. Yeah. It exists for parents, but it exists in many other areas. And it's very much the root of our virtual constant feeling of failure, insatisfaction, that we're not doing enough. Yeah, but that we're failing. Yeah, 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 that we're failing. But you know, you, you're saying this and thinking about failing at, at parenting. Is that a given? Because sometimes it's like if you don't feel like you're failing, then you're not parenting. <laughs> <laughs> but what type of question is that? What does it mean to fail as a parent? What is passing at parenting? Who gets an A? Who is getting an A? I don't know. Says who? Who knows? I know I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so did you think that, that um, this feeling of failure, it's, it's associated to guilt? Oh, definitely. We, guilt is so present. Now, mm. with this idea that no matter what you do is enough, right? And this is a message of insatisfaction that our consumer society puts, on, puts in on us, right? Yeah. And we, we have uh, normalized it. But this has a very high cost for our well-being. So mm. what you're dreaming of is caring, honest, hardworking, responsible kids who are noble at heart and who dream of a better world. Don't do this to yourself. Do you want your kids to be happy? Lead by example. Model with them what it is for them, connection, what it feels like, what vulnerability mm. is, what grit is. What being compassionate is, this is not a lesson. Okay, today I'm going to teach you about grit. Kids are watching us constantly. So modeling is very important. Now, I don't have a grit today. I come, though, with an author I love who is the Brit of the week. Okay. <laughs> is this a shrink of the week? Do we have, yes. is this a shrink? <laughs> yeah. His name is Donald Winnicott, and he precisely talked about what healthy and stable families need. And he okay. said that they require good enough parents, not perfect parents. Good, good enough. enough. Right. All right. Because good enough is still good, we said, right? Yes. So tell me more about this push for mediocre parenting. <laughs> I liked. <laughs> when you're saying it like that, this is not very marketing friendly, but being perfect parents doesn't leave room for kids to become individual beings separate okay. from them. And this is very important. So what if we allow them to be more active participants of their own lives, to actively take part, let's say, in housework? Because yeah. being this so-called perfect 
helicopter know-it-all, never say no parent is detrimental to them. I, I think that's important right there, right? Kids are not many adults and we're so busy and the world is so adult-centric that sure. we don't give kids time to be kids, yeah. right? Like it's easier to do things for them than to give them real opportunities for them to figure it out, right? To cope, to get dirty. Like I, I love at the end of the day when my kids are dirty and, you know, <laughs> their clothes are dirty <laughs> and the, their hair is messy. I, I think that was a good day, right? Because like, the stumble, they have a little cry and then they get back up again. And, and it seems that in the rush, right, trying to reach all these really high expectations, we've lost the way to promote these things like autonomy or curiosity and you know during the holidays for example I don't know about you but I I feel that we leave more time for this and I always think that my kids grow up more um, mature right yeah yeah they mature like during the holidays don't you because we were talking about succeeding at parenting so you wonder about success in raising kids well there there are no definite answers right But these okay. two that you mentioned, autonomy, curiosity, are great indicators. These of, of success in raising kids. These are good indicators that our kids are going to be all right. Yeah, good. These, okay. these are key to their well-being, not just present, future well-being as well. I like that. Looking at the big picture to see if you're doing well, right? So with curious and autonomous kids, we're passing at least <laughs> the yeah. parenting course, right? <laughs> so giving them time to explore and making them feel confident that they can try out whatever movement or structures they like. And in doing so, they sort of make and solve their problems, right? They master their life skills. So if you're listening to this podcast, you already know how valuable these life skills are are, right? Things like socializing, autonomy, cohesion, negotiation, uh, self-esteem, grit, resilience, right? Like all of these things, all these big words, that they're things that, um, that become super valuable in adults and they are always underlying in play, right? Exactly. I can't stress enough the importance of free play in their upbringing. And okay. play does not mean toys, Yeah, free play is not entertainment. All right, so don't fear boredom so much. Boredom is the key is key for this to happen. Free yeah. free play, in the words of this podcast, is state of flow. It's creativity, it's curiosity merging. Anything can be play for kids. Right. Do you want to know if they're actually having a good time? Look for engagement, not their laughter. Remember, sometimes, as we said in the first episode, sometimes fun can be mere time. Yeah. Now, some kids naturally like free play and gravitate towards it, right? But some listeners might be wondering, yeah, my kid doesn't play on his own, right? And and maybe they want to know how to encourage Definitely, this, right? definitely. So, so the answer is basically, I think, what you said, right? Let them get bored. Cut back on scheduled activities and extracurriculars. Get them outdoors if possible. But if not, it can be indoors. Cut back on screen and just let the magic happen. And right? cut back, cut, may I just add? Yeah. Cut back on helicoptering. Don't okay. play with them. Read a book while you are with them outdoors. Get this... But you're going to get resistance, right? Yeah. And it's This important, not, I, I think. It's, it's not as easy. Of, This is not a shoot. 
yeah. It's not just like go sit there, read a book, and the magic's gonna happen. You're gonna get resistance at the beginning and boredom. Like I'm bored, I'm bored. But you just have to let it be, and then that flow that you mentioned, that magic happens, right? The free play. But you have to sort of resist the resistance. And can can, can I just go back for a second um, to the yeah, life sure. skills we mentioned? Because I I, I got a, sort of got stuck thinking about something. I was thinking about the pressure of homeschooling for those of us who have struggled with that, right? The Zooms, oh. the objectives, the syllabus. I, we're in a moment right now where this is a, a, a big stress. So the, the things that we think that our kids should be learning, right? That should storm related to mm -hmm. school and education. I'm going to be really hippie here, right? But do we even know what our kids have to know for their future? I mean, with technology and information so readily available, it's all changing. And people are saying that the most important attributes for people of the future will be things like knowing ourselves, critical thinking, and creativity, right? So free play and these life skills that we mentioned seem like really important things to master. I'm not saying that school is out, right? Or fuck Zoom, <laughs> I'd like to, but, but I, at a time like this, in the midst of a pandemic, no less, right? We should take the pressure off the hard skills and try to make the most of all these soft skills that this moment has to teach us. Don't you? I feel really strongly about this. Yes, and I, I, I agree 100% with what you just said. Uh, not only with sometimes wanting to say, bye, okay. Zoom, Zoom. <laughs> I'm not cursing twice this in this episode, uh, but because this moment has a lot to teach us, right? And if you can conceive it like that, well, we can. If the if life is giving us lemons, let's make lemonade out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So going back to the challenges of of parenting, another thing that I find makes parenting really hard for working parents is that many times we are simultaneously trying to make it at work, right? Yes. Uh, for many of us, it's a time in life with breakthroughs in our careers, for example, and it's tough to balance. Or sometimes it's not work. It's just you need some some time to connect with these other things in life that make it enjoyable, right? To make your significant relationships work or taking care of yourself. You know, sometimes it's even the most basic things. Yeah, you've mentioned it in we've mentioned it in previous episodes. Yeah. And I feel we need to remind ourselves of this to battle the guilt. We okay. cannot pour from an empty cup. Okay. So if you're not feeling well yourself, you need to focus on your own well-being to bring well-being to your kids and your family. Now, this okay. is not being selfish. This is not glorifying individuality. But this okay. is aiming at striking a healthier balance than that, than what the default parenting is driving us to do, right? Yeah, it's actually common sense. I mean, it seems we've mentioned it before, like you said, right? Standard procedure in a flight. In case of emergency, they always ask you to put your oxygen mask on first to be able to help others, right? Still, it feels counterintuitive many times. Yeah, yeah, that guilt that we're talking about. And here, I think it's important to remind ourselves that some of these things have been more deeply ingrained for women or in some families or, or cultures, right? Yes. True. But I'm going to mention parents who love their children, whatever their gender, okay. many, many times seem to put themselves last. And yes. 
we've been taught many times explicitly or sometimes more implicitly that parenthood implies this state of selflessness. Okay. Okay. I, I... And if you're not doing it like that, you're doing it all wrong. Now, yeah. let's be honest. In a way, it does involve selflessness, transcending yourself, thinking okay. beyond your own needs. But we need to ask ourselves to what extent we are doing this. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it helps us see it more clearly. The word selflessness is often taken as a synonym of self-denying. And the, that is heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. <laughs> looking after others beyond yourself should not be taken as a synonym of denying ourselves. Okay. I, I like that you use those words, right? Denying uh, ourselves. It hurts when you say it like that. Uh, I remember, you know, when I had my, my first child and I was at the hospital trying to breastfeed, I was really tired after nine hours of labor, a C-section, and of course, a panic-infused night's sleep, right? Like who, yeah. <laughs> who sleeps on the first night when they have a baby? And the nurse came in in the morning and she took a look at me and asked me if I had taken a shower that morning, right? And my, my eyes sort of welled up and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said, Madre, you know, you know that horrible <laughs> condescending tone they use when you have your first child. Madre, you always have to take care of yourself b first before you take care of him. And it was really, really simple and really obvious. But at that time, it felt like a luxury that I couldn't afford, right? And it was the single best piece of parenting advice that I have ever received. Maybe she just thought I looked like crap, right? But for me, it was an aha moment because this goes not just for the shower and not just for the newborn baby. It's always, as a parent, take care of yourself first, whatever that means for you, right? And yes. I feel that it's good to be reminded of this and supported by your family and your partners and your friends, you know, to not forget about this, about what made you, you before your children without feeling guilty about it. Yes. Can I just go deeper into this, what you said? Yes. Being support is invaluable, like by mm -hmm. your family, by your friends, your partners, your co-workers, your community. Yeah. Kindness is so powerful. Yeah. Now, the glorification of individualism pulls us away from our communal well-being. And we are social beings. No matter how much you love your kid, it gets to mm -hmm. a point that the responsibility you feel becomes a heavy burden if you're doing this alone, if the network is not wide enough. You end yeah. up feeling trapped. A healthy and strong network is like a safety net for kids. I know many times the lifestyle we have does not make this very easy or the circumstances. Sometimes you don't have the much of the social support system. The pandemic doesn't let you, for example. Yeah. Family might not be around. Many yeah. times, this is not an option, but loneliness and this feeling of isolation, we, we come here to remind ourselves that we need to keep looking for other ways if we are feeling loneliness or isolation. While parenting, always, but while parenting, this is very important because isolated parents are not good for kids and isolated mm. parents are not good for themselves. Yeah, I'm into that, right? I see a lot of that. Isolated parents, isolated mothers in yes. 
in 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 particular and there there is no way that you can model what a healthy self esteem and sense of self worth is for example if to be a good mother or father you feel that you don't matter ever mm. right yes. like there has to be a balance between your needs and the needs of the rest <laughs> i love that we're doing an episode on parenting and we're just like focusing on taking care of yourself <laughs> Well, <laughs> irony, right? But it seems obvious. But, but culture, change, yeah. yeah. But culture makes all this really easy to forget sometimes. And and like you said, we don't always have the support of our families to make space for this. And sometimes, you know, you have to create net networks with people who are not your family. It can be your friends, and it can be like the parents of your kids' friends. You know, yes. like from from or school. the neighbors or the other new parents in the neighborhood where you live yeah uh, it, in some places this is actually what they do right um around they, they they gather around people who didn't know each other but are sharing a very important part of their lives and there they see connection and they become they become united through that yeah now yeah. the heartbreaking thing about parenting for me is that many times we mess up while we're trying to do our best Oh yeah, like this self-denying thing. It comes with the best of intentions. The parents, well, yeah. we, 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 <laughs> you, <laughs> we do it out of sheer love because yeah. kids need us, and sometimes they need us a lot. And, yeah. and as we were saying, this work needs us too. We need work, and there are other things. It's push and pull dance we were talking about. There are other things yeah. that make it even more complicated. Yeah. Like if a loved one also needs us. Yeah. And this happens, right? Right now, the sandwich generation, they call it, you know, taking care of the younger ones, but also of the elderly yeah. or other responsibilities you happen to have. And we're not mentioning when things get more complicated, like with the, the pandemic and lockdowns across the world. Yeah, yeah. the urgencies might change, right? But the mechanism, mechanism is always the same. When our default parenting mode is to get lost in all the urgencies, demands and shoulds, right? That should storm. You get sucked up by the routine, right? My friends and I used to joke about the black hole of motherhood, right? <laughs> When you have babies, you sort of get sucked in and you lose track of time and reality, right? <laughs> I don't know, but I get the feeling that many people listening to us uh, who are not parents after this conversation might not want to be. <laughs> I, I, I have that feeling many times, but I tend to think that most of most of the cases when you hear parents talk like that, it's tiredness yeah. talking. You know, some people yeah. see these big pictures because being tired affects it all. Or in the words of Cervantes in Don Quixote, he said, finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, this was his case, his brain yeah. dried up and he went completely out of his mind. <laughs> Lack of sleep affects it all. And we are tired, aren't we, people? Not while you're listening, if <laughs> if you're freaking tired. <laughs> may, may, may I just hack, hijack this? to just give a little message so you yeah. might know mothers of newborns you were mentioning many times present this tendency to feel a bit down they are called yeah. actually the baby blues and mm -hmm. there are certain biological psychological processes that intervene here that make it to some extent part of the process but let me just highlight to some extent Okay. If you are having a hard time with you, the baby blues or, you know, somebody who is going through something that seems like too much of a hard time, it's good yeah. to check in with a mental health professional. 
All right. Mm -hmm. So having said that, during parenthood in general, in most cases, when you hear parents complain, most of the times it is tired to talk. This this disclosure that you were saying that parents at all times, some point or another we need to make it like disclaimer we love our kids oh but it's great you're gonna love it (laughs) (laughs) now i don't i'm not sure if tired talk exists but you know what i mean being tired as we were saying affects it all and it's not just for parents lack of sleep is super damaging remember in our first episode when we talked about what the cell phone does to our attention and we compared to smoking pot or lack of sleep well can i Lack of sleep affects it all. I'm going to repeat this many times. But this, in this push and pull dance, besides bad sleep in the first years, parents, no matter the age of the kids, many, many, many times are trading off hours of sleep to be able to squeeze in either more work, more other responsibilities, or some exercise, time with your couple, watching something on Netflix, just yeah. being you. So we, mm-hmm. we are trading off those hours that are so important. And let yeah. us all recall what we always say is that health is a state of physical, mental, and social well-being. So looking for that balance implies time, and it takes yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and you're sort of, you're thinly spread, right? Yes. So, so yeah, so to have happy kids, right, you basically have to be happy yourself, right? As as you were saying, like completed. <laughs> uh, you're modeling. Or at least balanced, more balanced. Balanced, all right, so. Because completed, it's an idea. It's a bit too much. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm falling into the trap from before, mm-hmm. so. Uh, so yeah, so you're modeling this happiness, right? A piece of cake, parenting problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Easter ideal Santa. situation, right? The ideal situation, arrested, patient, parent, satisfied with other areas or mostly satisfied with other areas of their lives, open to take on whatever their children throw at them, right? But since we're talking about ideals, let's get real here. How often is that you? I mean, that's me sometimes, but at times I'm also tired and frustrated and stressed out and my kids do something insignificant, like spill juice over their t-shirt before they go to school and I lose it, right? Let's talk about what happens then. Oh, I think it's so brave of putting this on the table because this happens and this happens more often than when we're willing to admit. Parent-child relationships are asymmetrical. I find understanding what this asymmetry implies is key to what we do with it. Yeah. Do you pronounce it like that? Yes. <laughs> okay. This asymmetry, I think, brings lots of power. And it's yeah. really important that we use this power well to really understand what this responsibility entails. Well, it's like Mr. Parker said, right? With great power comes great responsibility. I like yeah. that you're using that word though to describe it because for me, it was it was difficult to imagine in my mind. Uh, I think that parent-child relationships are asymmetrical is a really good way to, to describe it. Yeah. So this responsibility at one point point or another in our lives as parents, we feel it, right? We, we yeah. feel the weight of this responsibility. Now, in this asymmetry, how to keep in mind the child's perspective? Well, you can do many things. You can observe, put yourself in the kid's shoes, listen to them. But you know, the interesting thing with childhood is that we've all been kids. We've all, yeah, experienced, yeah. We've all experienced 
this vulnerability of being a child. Mm -hmm. And we can avoid resorting to physicality, even if it was our default parenting, because that's how we were raised. Mm -hmm. So in keeping this responsibility in mind, it is very important that we realize when we are not able to regulate our own feelings in a healthy way and keep looking for ways to deal with them so that we avoid snapping at kids. But that's the thing right there, right? Self-regulation. That's why we have to take care of ourselves first because when we snap at our kids or lash out, it's not really about the kids. It's about us, isn't it? Our own frustrations, the tiredness or our unfulfilled expectations, right? Yeah. I think that that when you realize that, that it's about you and not the kids, it's uh, heartbreaking at the same time as yeah. uh, <laughs> enlightened. I, I heard Brene Brown once um, in, in a talk. Uh, she, she talked about timeouts as a good tool, but not just for kids, right? Also for adults, like understanding that you're not in a good place and just stopping dead in your tracks before that volcano erupts, right? Before the snapping, shaming or criticizing and asking your kids for a timeout, right? Sorry, kids, mommy can't deal with this shit right now. I need a couple of minutes and you go, you take some deep breaths, you pull yourself together and you come back good as new or almost good as new, right? And it, I, I've tried it a couple of times and, and it works. You can't always do it. But I think when when you realize that you're about to get there, that's when you... <laughs> it's important. Out. We cannot always do it. Like when our kids are very very young or you feel that you cannot do it if there is not another adult there that you can play with them but i can't highlight this enough this is so good that you bring it up because this is also has to do with modeling self-regulation of your own feelings and the vulnerability that we as adults don't always have everything being covered we don't always get everything right yeah and of course, you're going to snap, right? You're not always going to be able to stop yourself in, in your tracks uh, because, okay, you have to be open to that. And I think that being open to the possibility of apologizing when that happens is really important. This, this is a tough one for me, I suppose, for many of us who had strong asymmetry in our uh, parenting relationships, right? Uh, apologizing to kids, right? It's like a heresy. <laughs> but saying, look, I'm sorry, I screwed up. That's not what I meant. I, I think this is really powerful. And it kind of reminds me a lot of that image of building bridges, right? Yeah, keep trying. I mean, this this is not, oh, I hit the kid, I take it lightly. No, physicality should be avoided at all times. You have to make that extra effort. And trying to snap, not snapping at them on your default, but instead of beating yourself up when you are not getting it right, yeah. think and understand that we love our kids and we have the best of our intentions at heart. It makes a difference in your road towards getting this right. Completely, completely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) quickly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we spoke about the expectations of being a parent and I hate to drag on, but in the same way that we soak up what's expected of us, we then transfer these expectations onto our kids, right? And what and how we want them to be. And this is also where it starts getting really frustrating. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I don't know you or your kids, but I know they are going to be different from what you had imagined them to be. Yes. Because they are meant not to be what we dreamt them to be. 
Because yes. they are others, remember? Oh, I always forget <laughs> that <laughs> otherness again. <laughs> that we've mentioned otherness and how it might be challenging accepting the other as he or she is, which is different to how we are or how we want them to be. Yeah, yeah. Accepting that your child is not you or your chance to correct your own history, mm. that your child <laughs> your child is not your spouse, that your child is just someone else who's going to be whoever they choose to be, even if you disagree, even if you expected something else, even if you dislike who you are, because sometimes that happens also, right? Like if who you are, who they are. Right? Yeah. Your child is another. So, sorry. Very there. Yeah who you are, who they are, who your spouse or your former spouse or whoever you have this child with is. Yeah. Because many times kids get up stuck there, right? Being compared to their parents when their parents... To their parents, yes. Not together. Yeah. So yeah, you're, you're, it's another person, right? A very separate being who needs things from you that are not always what you think you have to give right? Uh, accepting that, letting go of your expectations and of what you want for them is very, very difficult. I, it's very difficult. I, I just think that this idea that you brought up is so real. This is core, not just with parents and their kids. This happens in all relationships. We project on them. We project mm -hmm. on kids sometimes a lot. And sometimes these can feel like very heavy baggage for them. Now, what you were saying is basically how difficult it is to accept the other. That's what you were describing. Yeah. But difficult doesn't even begin to describe this issue, may I just say, <laughs> because in, in most extreme cases, this difficulty underlies in many families being actually torn apart. Yeah. Lack of acceptance, the difficulty to learn to love the other person's otherness brings lots of suffering. Yeah. Lots of violence and lots of shame and hurt. Yes. Yeah. I guess part of parenting is, is or, or of learning to be a parent is finding out what it is that you have to give them, right? And that might mean hard work on your part because it might not come easy. Yes. And in doing that, your kids might be teaching you very significant lessons about your own blind spots. Yeah, but so, you know, thing about blind spots. Yeah, but the thing about blind spots is that sometimes we don't want or we can't take that extra step, right, in learning or in accepting, and we sort of fall into this sort of taming or domestication of of children uh, or or teenagers, right, of of, of our. Uh, offspring yes. <laughs> where we try to turn them into little versions of what we think that they should be and we forget on the way that they are just children and they should be full of experiences and memorable moments not just our expectations right i i remember sir ken robinson talking about how educating is not training yeah and this taming or domestication, this is a very bad resolution of our power and responsibility over our kids. Yeah. This is not our mission as parents, I believe. What yeah. you're saying really reminds me of Alanis Morissette's song, Ablaze. I've been obsessed with this song these past days. If you are listening to it, Alanis, thank you so much for this song. <laughs> she sings among other great lines and she says, my mission is to keep the lights in your eyes ablaze. And it's oh, just beautiful. moving. I guess 
learning to be a parent is giving them memorable moments and experiences that become valuable lessons for their future. But above all, to keep this light in their eyes ablaze, guiding them, setting clear limits, helping them figure out the world and deal with the frustrations the world brings. Mm. And doing this in a way where we do not crush their spirits. So you keep the light in their eyes ablaze. Mm. Now, memorable moments, right? We spoke a bit about this when we talked about holidays, how it doesn't really take an extreme adventure to create memorable moments for our kids. Yeah, yeah. Just the intention of creating one and being fully present, right? A memorable moment can be something as simple as cooking together. But the the key here is the being present thing. I think that this is <laughs> this is what's most difficult for, for, for us at this time, right? Turning a meh moment into a memorable one. That's the tough one because we have a hard time being there, being present. Sometimes playing with your kids is difficult or having a conversation about something that is relevant to them, but not to you. And we need to sort of slow down and tune into their needs, right? Tune into their needs. And this is why they say kids love, kids teach us about love because they need us to understand what is important to them, for them, not what we want or what we need, but understand and accept them and try to build bridges with that. Yeah. This is important for kids, but for all relationships. But kids yeah. are ex- teach this exceptionally well because they don't overestimate love expressed in words. They are yeah. super pragmatic. They feel what they experience. So you, what they, what you make them feel yeah. like, right? So you yeah. you need to demonstrate your love in ways they understand it. They can decode it. Not yeah. saying "I love you." Those are words. Yeah, right? yeah, and you need to they show this. Yeah. They're not suckers, you know. If they, you say you love them, but you don't act like it, they won't buy it. Yeah, totally. And sometimes it's it's the small things, right? Like playing a board game or sending them a secret snack that they wanted in their lunch pack, or or telling a story that they like, watching a movie. That every kid is different, but it feels very much like creating this third culture to me, uh, doesn't it? Like yes. learning. Well, it's that otherness that that we spoke about. This yeah. is. This is I this is something that I really resonate with because I've had moments of real difficulty in being fully present with my kids during the pandemic, especially, you know? Yeah. And it it was, it actually still is very frustrating. Everything became so blurred. It was blurrier, wasn't it? And <laughs> although flexibility at work is great, the lack of structure of having kids all the time at home work was squeezed in whenever I could. And I was so into what I was doing at the time, I had a much harder time being fully present with them, really engaged in play, let's say. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I actually feel I missed a lot, you know, and it still hurts. Not being able to focus in the here and now, it was many times there and then at the time. It still is sometimes, but now yeah, it's yeah. better. It was like planning the future, future things in my head all the time, projecting, concerned with things that were happening elsewhere. And of course, not being able to be fully present added to constant guilt that comes from this idealized image of what good parents are like. So, and yeah, and I, not just work, not yeah. just work. 
right? As we were saying, it's anything that's on your mind. It's thinking about the rest of the routine or obligations, talking to people, people, even if you care about them, right? On your phone, sometimes your social media. I mean, we've spoken at length about being hijacked from the present. And this directly affects our connection to kids because connection is not possible if you're not present. And this is one of the reasons why parenting these days has that added difficulty, right? Because it's difficult to disconnect and play. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're running out of air. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. My, my, my dad just brought me a, my, a cup of coffee to the car. <laughs> <laughs> so this transition remember this buffer we talked about from professional life to personal mode the commute was a buffer for many for me it was listening to music on the way back home or talking on the phone with a friend or listening to a podcast yeah this is this is pretty much the mechanism that we mentioned was part of the reasons why getting in vacation mode was so damn hard right i guess the key here is to surrender to your kids, right? To drop everything. You can't half-ass it, right? You go all in and surrender to the moment. You mentioned play before. Dude, there are a few things that are more that are more mindful than playing. Like for real, surrendering to play. Adults love playing, right? We think we're too grown up for it, but it's bullshit. We love it. And the difficult thing is to surrender to it. But once yes. you're there, it's wonderful. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that has to do with the quantity of time and quality of life of, of yeah, time, yeah. right? Many of these things that we do to the best to be the best possible parents are self-imposed, really. And many times these are not the best strategy. Like we end up putting so much effort into things. We don't know if that's what the kids are needing right now. Like all oh, the effort yeah. we put on fancy celebrations for birthdays or buying them the next big thing. And if you ask them, they just need more time with you many times. Time yeah, where yeah. you're actually with them, as you were saying, surrendering to no? surrendering to yourself to play. <laughs> I think it's amazing how sometimes the things that make kids happy are things that you find unimportant sometimes, right? I did mm. I did this exercise with my son choosing three things um, that you're grateful for at the end of each day. And it was a really good way of hearing about the things that matter to him, right? Because sometimes something that I would normally have automatically just said no to, because sometimes that happens, right? Like, no, no, <laughs> you, yeah. you end up being that person, right? And, and that, uh, when I said yes, that ended up being the highlight of his day. And I was surprised at some of the things that he mentioned sometimes. And I realized that I could easily include more of them. And so I did. Yeah, and this doesn't mean that we only do the things made that matter the to them, right? <laughs> because, of course, we are adults and many decisions that we make for their well-being are not really sh short-term, but yeah. there are others where it is a great idea to listen to them more and not have that default no on the tip yeah, of yeah. our tongues, it, right? It change the dynamic of our day, right? Small things can become memorable. Think about what's memorable about your childhood. Sometimes it's really stupid things, right? Or not stupid, but minimum things. Yes. Oh, my car. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Basically, they just want to hear the rest. Many times it's context, like the car. <laughs> yeah. um, the rest is context. 
the rest is context. Listening to your kids, I feel in general, is something that's key. It's key to understanding, to validating, to being able to negotiate, to delegating new things for them to them and giving them opportunities to try it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And here you can see the connection with leading that we spoke oh, about. Yeah. Look at the, the words that we, yeah. we're using, right? <laughs> Negotiating. So, yeah. We're negotiating with kids all the time, right? Yes. We yes. are delegating things. We're giving them opportunities to try things for themselves. Things each day harder as they learn, we, we get them bigger challenges. This is very much uh, like it. So people from the very beginning of their lives, they need love above all, but also they need autonomy and knowledge. And to achieve these, you need guidance, clear limits, and understanding why those are there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's what a good leader does also, right? Yes. So what are the good characteristics of a good leader? Briefly, someone who believes in you and your potential, who teaches you and gives you opportunities to put that into practice in safe environments, according to what you can do, adjusting the expectations to your possibilities, and someone who keeps the light in your eyes ablaze. Yeah, that's beautiful. (laughs) You know, I I love this uh, sort of parallel between leadership and parenting. Um, I I think it's really important to also understand that asymmetry that you were talking about Mm. and how you can use it responsibly. And all of this sounds very much uh, like the core of what a good teacher does also, right? Definitely. A good teacher, a good coach, a good therapist, I must say. Significant people in our lives. If you've had a handful of these people in your life, you know how important they they can be. And I certainly know how grateful I am for having had them in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So when, when we first thought about this episode, our kids were on holidays and we were not. And but this is not just the holidays, right? Now with the pandemic, we've we've had this experience of kids popping up in Zoom and on Zoom meetings. And sometimes they're out of school because some uh, because of lockdown, for example, or just because you're working from home, right? Let, let's address that issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me just say that for working parents, when these two worlds touch each other, the public world where where you're a professional in your field and your private world where you're a parent who cares for this little one or not so little. When these two worlds meet and they don't clash, I think it has a huge impact on our well-being, on feeling more integrated selves. Yeah. It's funny that you use the word clash, right? (laughs) Like, The two things don't belong together. I remember reading an article a while back that spoke about secret parenting, right? Like in some companies, you have to try and avoid mentioning your kids even because it could have a negative impact on your job. So you try to always keep them separate and hidden, right? Parenting in secret. (laughs) I I think this is something that had to change a lot. But yeah, this, this happened. And I am hopeful that the pandemic brought some changes that can stuck with us for in this yes. in this sense because so. when our jobs went into work from home mode we needed to be realistic and realize that in some business cultures it worked better than in others right yeah but yeah they some people better. still have difficulties yes some yes. people still have you you practically have to tie your kids up because you yes. know people are not benevolent on yes. the other side so 
Remember that phrase, children are the future? Well, understanding the struggles of working parents and generating strategies to support them is a great investment for companies, for team, and for societies as a whole. Yes. Parents are doing something that has long-lasting effect on societies. Mm-hmm. So even if you're not a parent, jump in, help them out. And by helping them out, you help kids. I like that. That was a good summary. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've covered parents. lots. I feel like uh, this episode is a little bit all over the place, don't you? Well. We had a lot of accidents in, in the middle, but then again, it wouldn't be an episode on parenting if it wasn't a little bit all over the place, right? Yes. <laughs> so should we provide a couple of takeaways? What, what are the hacks here? Okay. First things first, you can't pour from an empty cup. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Cut yourself some slack from the expectations. Good enough is still good. Excellent. Look for support, right? Make time for yourself. Be aware of your emotions and work on tuning in and regulating them. Yeah. Try and model these healthy regulation of of emotions. But if you fuck up, apologize, right? And if you didn't get it right, just keep trying. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Be pre- I, I'm struggling with this. One. Be present. Surrender to play. <laughs> Surrender. All right. Listen and be open to learn about what matters to them, right? Love them in ways that are understandable to them. Yes. Few ground rules, few ground expectations. Understand that these might need an update. I love it. I love this summary that, that we made. <laughs> yes, I'm going to stick this on my fridge. <laughs> I'm going to stick this on my fridge and remind myself every day. All right. I, I think we can wrap it, wrap it up here, right? Yes. I, I Before we leave, just I want a, a shout out to all parents who are doing a fucking awesome job. <laughs> we see you, we hear you, and you will be fine and your kids will be fine. Good enough is still good. <laughs> Excellent. So thanks again for gifting us your me time. Keep making the time and we will see you soon for our second season full of more wonderful rambling from yes. yours truly. <laughs> Stay tuned. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard, please share it and follow so that more people find us. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from.